Hi, I'm Stage and Stages Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hamilcast. It's me, Jillian. Today, I'm here with Stephanie Clemens. Yay! Is that true? Is this really happening? I'm really here. Last time I checked. Oh, uh, my God. We are um, kicking it super old school with two pints of Sam Adams. Hey. And working on three. Um, so if you guys don't know Stephanie Clemens, that's crazy. I don't know why you're even listening to this podcast if you don't know who Stephanie Clemens is. <laughs> the associate choreographer of Hamilton. And then you also worked on In the Heights. You were the Dance cap, I was dance the captain? co-dance captain of In the Heights. I also um, uh, associate choreographed the first tour along with Michael Balderrama. Um, after the fabulous Miss Joey Dowling um, left, he and I set the first national company. And um, yeah, so I've been around with this crew, Lynn and Tommy and Alex and Andy forever. Yeah. And Eva, thank you for the King George. Hey. Um, and Bring It On. I mean, you've been Yes, around, I did. Like, associate forever. choreographed Bring It On. So interesting little story. When we were doing Bring It On, we were, um, I think we were opening the show. We did an out-of-town run in Atlanta, and then we opened the tour in L.A. We were in tech in L.A., and that's when I heard the very first song of Hamilton. Which Lynn, was? let us hear My <gasps> Shot. And we heard a little demo of My Shot, and we were like, oh, my God, this song is incredible. Andy's like, you've got to work on this with me. you got to hear this. And then, of course, you know, we heard the opening, and then they went to the White House and the rest is history. Yeah. Were you one of those people who were like, you know what I first heard about so that wasn't the first time I had heard about Hamilton I was obviously like we said in in the heights and I was backstage about to go on um, for Carnival um, I was on for the beautiful Miss Nina Lafarga that day and Lynn and I made our entrances from stage right and he was reading a book a giant 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 book and I was like oh, what is that what are you doing right in the stairwell of the Richard Rogers Theater um, and he was like it's this book you don't understand it reads like a Tupac and Biggie like it's like this so crazy and I was like but it's Hamilton Hamilton right. like what the treasury and so I for sure then was like whoa made my entrance in carnival and I was like didn't even think twice about it um and then you know there it was a year and a half later he had written this song and I was like oh my god you were right this thing is actually really good yeah so I wrote it off at the very beginning but once I heard the music I was like oh there's no writing this off and at the time at that time when we heard the song it was a it was a mixtape so it wasn't right. really like a musical yet yeah yeah um and just thank you so much for being here because I know you just said that you came from auditions which we'll get into in yes, a mere moment and like as of two days ago you were not in the state this I'm never in the state like the fact that I'm here <laughs> yeah. right now I'm not even sure if I'm here you have it's to check true. with my wife because I don't know if I'm really here no I travel a lot and we'll talk more about my job in a bit yeah. but I was just in Seattle with the brand the newest brand spanking new baby company of Hamilton yes. called the Philip tour Hamilton tour two Hamilton tour two yes so can you just explain to people exactly what an associate choreographer does? So um, it's obviously different. Every relationship between the choreographer and their associate is different. But um, with Andy and I, um, you're really involved, like I said, from the very beginning. So when the show was like a baby idea, we got involved in it. And um, you are there from the beginning coming up with ideas and concepts and how does this moment move and what happens here? And so you do all the pre-production together. You form all the movement. You help with casting. Um and then when it comes to actually setting the company, it's, you know, you're there showing all the steps and, and, 
piecing the thing together. And um, me and Andy's relationship, you know, he kind of comes up with the the sort of main concept of the movement. And then he says, okay, we need four variations. And I'm kind of like the variation maker. <laughs> so like, I kind of like show the people what the original is. And then he's like, okay, now go make the singers and Chris Jackson and Renee do this on this part. And then go make, you know, um, Sydney Harcourt, who is our original man five, do a version of it up center. Um, so you're kind of like the right hand and left brain of the choreographer. Um, and then once the show's open, it's like really up to you to kind of maintain it. Like I run all the auditions and I, with a lot of help from now that we have so many companies, the dance cap, and and the supervisors of all the companies um but now i'm like kind of in a management position where i run a lot of people running each particular company wow so that whole idea of the variations is super interesting to me because there's so and i know this is not necessarily unique to hamilton but just because this is a hamilton podcast um like the there's so many layers and it's just such an onion so the idea like i don't even know how my brain would figure out like these people are doing this thing and then up on the walk around, this is happening. Like, how does that even, how do you get there? You know, I, it's funny because like, I feel like everyone has their superpowers. And so I think that one of my superpowers is like seeing patterns and things. And so variations for me, it, it comes like very naturally to see what the variations should be. And then when you're sort of looking at the whole stage, understanding why there's a variation and who's doing what. So I think it's, you know, it, comes into play when for example like when I'm setting a brand new company like when I set the first Hamilton tour it was figuring out exactly who to have in the room when so you know when to teach dance steps so that people don't miss things Uh um and I don't know you know that's like you know my brain works that way some people are like super linear and I never really function like that and this for me makes a lot of sense um and overall if you can really like bird's eye view the stage uh the variations in and of themselves are a pattern at the end of the day. You know, it's like I, in college, I double majored. So my first major was genetics and microbiome research. And my other major was dance. And to me, having a science background is like so useful in my job. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because it's just like a lot of math. It's a lot of like figuring out if you put three people over here and two people over there, how do we get, you know, five when it's all said and done. (laughs) Right. And then that changes because the stages change right like yeah. isn't there that math involved too like right so the the biggest the biggest piece of math that we have so the chicago uh stage is four feet shorter uh uh four feet less wide than the Broadway stage. I'll say it that way. Um, and there's no crossover in London, right? So those are two different versions of how do I get this the thing to, to fit on this place? How do I cut out all the crossovers like in London, right? Like what happens when now everybody has to exit somewhere else in order to make their next entrance yeah. and move their costume changes? And, and so, yeah, there's a lot of that, but I love that kind of problem solving. Like that's right up my alley. I like totally get off on that. I dig it. Yeah, so like it's just being malleable, like, even the choreography, I mean, it stays what it is because it has to for a lot of things because yeah. it's so layered. Like people are doing certain things at a certain time for a reason. Yeah. But then to have like to think like that, like I just it's mind blowing to me. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, how were auditions today? Oh, I my mean, God. They were so good. So what what um, combination are you teaching now? Yeah. So we always teach. We always do the same thing. You guys one day every time I'm like, you know what? We should switch this up. We should change things. But we never do. So we always teach my shot. That's like mm-hmm. the entrance drug um the entrance combination everybody learns a little snippet of my shot um then we teach them a little bit of room where it happens so that's what we did today it was some new people that i've never seen before 
teaching them my shot. And then we called back a couple of people that we had seen before. And those new people that sang well um, stayed to do Rumor Happens. And then everyone's going to come back tomorrow. And we're going to do a little Yorktown, a little What Did I Miss? Um, and then we end with Helpless. What are you looking for? Is are you Are you looking for just someone who you respond to how they move or how quickly they can pick up what you're saying? Um, we look for a little bit of both. You know, it's funny because when people come in for the first time, I always say Hamilton's a hard show to book on your first shot. There's actually a, a girl in the tour. Her name is Camden Gonzalez. She's had one of the shortest audition processes I've ever seen. Um, and it's just because she just kind of like, she got it. Yeah. Um, but basically what we look for is a performer who's really dynamic and also willing to be selfless with the movement. So, what we don't really do in Andy Blankenbuehler's shows is allow people to release the tension and just dance. What we do most of the time is we hold the tension in the moment and we pick ch- times in the show when we want to release it. So what, uh, you know, I don't think that they teach that generally in uh, in a lot of, you know, when pe- I see people that like train at Broadway Dance Center or whatever because every choreographer is different and that's so specific to Andy so I look for someone who understands that from the beginning Um, and then of course like a really dynamic performer who's like really willing to just be themselves because at the end of the day um, you know watching someone puppet and be like someone else is not exciting what you really want to do is you want to see someone like who shines and who is their own person yeah how do you do that while still doing the right choreography you know that's why it's not easy to book this job yeah right (laughs) I mean yeah it's really hard I mean it's very difficult and and a lot of people can't really do that a lot of people don't understand how 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 can I be myself but also be you and and be you know what you need me to be and that's the place where I you know I say all these things to a room and then like three people rise from the top and there it's it's like magic and then it's like okay great you magic people you come with me we go further you know yeah yeah are there parts in the show where they are allowed to sort of improvise in some way there's so much improv in the show actually and it's not always physical improv but like as a person right right so like if I say to you you kind of have to you know sit and judge I'm not saying to you okay put your right shoulder on the banister and lean against the barrel and so the who you are as a person like right when everybody makes those entrances and wait for it and they bring the those four people to bring the chairs in right Uh they're like the the woman two woman three and the man four and the man three upstage um it was like the original was like Seth and Ephraim and Ariana and Betsy you know we said bring the chairs in and then sit and hold the space for Burr and like be with him in his conversation right and they created the way that those that sitting happened right so yeah. that to me even that is kind of improv because we're not saying to you you know if you see a bunch of people hanging around the stage right before ten dual commandments right so after charles lee speaks and 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 lynn and anthony the hamilton and lawrence are saying um you know lawrence do not throw away your shot right everyone's standing around the stage just like being in in a freestyle way Uh so I think there's a lot of time for people and that's why it's so important in the auditions that we really see people like how how are you as a person so that we know that when we put you on stage the choices that you make as a person make sense for our show yeah was there anything as you were working on it with Andy in the very beginning that you were like this is crazy like some connection or some weird not weird but some very detailed thing that maybe people wouldn't pick up on but you're like yeah sure totally I mean I think well I'll tell this story so when we when Lynn wrote so before the final duel um 
after the final duel of Rattler, right? They go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, number 10, paces fire. And then Hamilton like reprises, I imagine death. Right. So originally that was a song called the moment before the bullet leaves the gun. Mm -hmm. And I love Lynn, but it was not the best song he ever wrote. Um, <laughs> and it was really just a placeholder because like nobody really knew what to do there, right? Like it's like we built this three hours up until this one moment and then there was like so much riding on the moment that it was just kind of like all the options were not good. And the so we were in rehearsals for Off-Broadway and we had a placeholder for the workshop that we did. So we had never, we had played the moment when the bullet leaves the gun and it was the last week of rehearsal. We were leaving the studio, the end of the show, and Lynn, they, like Tommy's like, you have to write the song now. Like you have to get to uh -huh. this thing. Sure. And so basically Lynn went into another room in the afternoon and he wrote, I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Is this where it gets me? On my feet, several feet ahead of me. Like he wrote that whole thing. Right. Um, and we were like, yo, that's crazy. And then <laughs> it was the end of the day. So we heard that at like 5.50. And then Andy left that night and he came back. He's like, meet me at 9.45, which is like 15 minutes before rehearsal starts. And he got there at like 9.56 and he was like, this is what we're going to do. And he came up with the idea overnight to reprise my shot. If you haven't seen the show, there's it looks like my shot yeah. when you get there. <laughs> um, and it just like fit together. And the way it fit was like, we were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, that's so freaking cool. And like, I always say that a lot, you know, I've been around these folks when they've created a lot and like Hamilton came out like almost in its purest form. Like it just like, like, like Lynn like shit excellence and like it was Hamilton mm -hmm. and um and like Andy like met him right there where he was at like Andy went home and like thought that thing it just like came out of his brain and I was like the two of you have spoken to God God spoke he's come and he's laid this on us mm -hmm. and for sure that felt like a magical moment like everybody was like yo <laughs> this yeah. is so good yeah like, we couldn't believe that moment yeah um so yeah so that I would say that falls in that category yeah, for sure absolutely yeah because yeah. it must be so cool to just be part of that collaborative process and have those moments of not knowing what to do and then like because I've been there like landing on that and you're like that's what that's what it's gonna be and it's yeah. gonna be awesome and you know what's funny too because so so Andy likes to choreograph a lot and I like to pull back a lot and so that's why I think we work well together because I very much like curb his enthusiasm <laughs> um so uh what when we got to Reynolds pamphlet, he, so I came in that day and he was like, okay, here's what I, you know, like we didn't, we didn't get to everything in pre-production. So there were things that we were like choreographing on the spot and he yeah. was, you know, just like, and then, then it should be this. So for Reynolds pamphlet, he's like, I don't freaking know what to do. This song is raucous and it repeats a lot. It's just like repeating the same lyric and lyric and lyric. And I was like, what if we just like take the pamphlets, you know, we had talked a lot about, cause there was pamphlets in Skylar sisters and there was pamphlets later. And like the, the pamphlet thing, the paper thing was like when we landed on that, it changed a lot of things in the show when we realized that like paper was going to be a theme because also like the first printing press like didn't exist until like right in this time. And mm -hmm. and the fact that a printing press existed like allowed this thing, which was essentially contraband, right? Like right. to to be easily disseminated. And like that was something that once we realized that we could highlight that, it became a really powerful storytelling tool. Yeah. And so when we got to the Reynolds pamphlet, it was like he was trying to come up with all this dance. I was like, no, it's only just about the papers. And so like we made this placeholder thing, which if you haven't seen the show, it's literally just like this four pounds of eight of like shaking the papers up. And it was meant to be a placeholder. And when we got to the context of the entire show, we were like, 
the placeholder works. Like we never went back and changed it. And then even when we got a chance to re-choreograph it on Broadway, we didn't re-choreograph it because we were like, it's like the audience needs a break from movement and they need to just go like, this is about the paper in those people's hands. And it was enough to just sort of see Hamilton center stage being judged by Washington and Mariah Reynolds yeah. and just everybody just like shaking the papers in his face. Yeah. And so, um, I think those are other things that you discover where like you think I'm going to get back to this and then you're like, actually, no, that's actually perfect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another moment um, that I feel proudest of and I totally called Lynn out when he um, miscredited Tommy with being Tommy's <laughs> idea. Um, I love you, Tommy Kale. Um, uh, was in um, Obedient Servant when it was like, how do we show, you know, like Burr writes a letter and then Hamilton writes a letter. And I was like, Burr's letter is concise and straight and to the point. And Hamilton just like rambles on. And so what if it's just like people grabbing the one piece of paper from Burr and then from Hamilton's, they grab eight pieces of paper and that just, and that was like me just like shooting out something in the room right? and it just totally stuck. And so I think there's also moments of being like, oh my God, that that's an idea. And oh, it's a good idea. Like you have no idea, right? Sometimes things are terrible ideas and sometimes you're like, oh, I guess it's, that works. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. The, the process of exploring and discovering in Hamilton, especially because there were so many opportunities to do so was interesting. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up your obedience service because that's what I was going to say. Like when you were just saying that using that paper as a storytelling mm -hmm. device, it's exactly that. I mean, it's just so perfectly done. And it's get like people, once they understand what's happening, you can hear and feel the audience reacting to totally ha. like look at hamilton, hamilton go yeah a hundred percent especially in that with that moment with um the carly betty all the woman original. one part yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. doing just, the little yeah and that was i think totally i mean in my memory if it, it that was either andy or carly just messing around and it ended up being hilarious and again it stuck yeah yeah so there are things that people do i mean that people have done just showing who they are mm -hmm. within the choreography and then now oh, yeah, it's like, there now everybody does it of course, I mean, like, you know, it's funny because like after doing Heights with Seth as well, um, you know, that graffiti Pete is so Seth, like just being Seth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and similarly speaking, you know, the book solo, as we call it in Skylar Sisters, um, right? This like nerdy guy comes out with glasses and a book and that's like so Seth. And also Seth was in the color guard in high school. And so the gun solo that he doesn't stay alive is like yeah. Seth Stewart, 100% being like, no, and then we can do this and this. And so, you know, and, and John Rua's floor work, like the entrance and so much of the floor work, but it's for specifically this thing that is very John Rua at the top of right hand man, when the two guys um, are entering, you know, like showing towards Washington, these guys do this floor work. Like that's John Rua, 100%. Right. Yeah. So how did you, um, and it's funny, I was also thinking of when you said like the fastest audition process, um, Antoine Raymond's episode came out today mm. and he told the story of his, of you texting him and being like, great, so can you be here within the hour? And just like his really fast. That was one of the audition. funniest things. So, so Antoine's different because Antoine I knew, right? Okay. And so um, Antoine I knew and, and in, in the Heights, he played this role a lot, which was Javi's original role, mm -hmm. this man three role. We called him um, Domingo in the show. He was like the other guy that worked at the dispatch. Right. And so um, I had seen one side of him and he had auditioned for Hamilton, I think once. And, and I, I don't remember what happened, but then he came in for me one day and I was like, Oh, he like, something like he got something like something shifted in his brain and he like understood what we were looking for. Right. And I was like, and we were looking for someone and we had to cast them by Monday and we were like, uh, like a little bit, short yeah and I was like oh my god you're the person you're the perfect person I was like okay go home listen to the cast album listen to this and this and this I'm gonna have Alex Blackmore meet you on Sunday and I think he thought I was kidding like I don't know if he told the story because that day I was literally calling I was like you've got to do this and this and he's like okay and I was like no I'm 
I'm serious. Yeah. He, when he tells the story, he tells it as as like he just was going through each step of the process. And I was like, well, looking back on it and even telling the story to an outsider, it's like so obvious that you're just taking steps to being in the show. Yes. And he was like, I was just doing the thing. And he said that when he showed up and worked with you like that 10 o'clock yes. in the morning or something, he was like, I didn't realize it. But there were that's where like the Chicago cast was about to start rehearsing. And there were like Hamilton signs everywhere. And he's like, I just didn't like he like did, did not put it together. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So funny. I was like, great. Because literally like, he finished his audition. It was like, OK, go get breakfast and come back. You're in rehearsal. Like it was like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Um, so how did you I mean, well, and the reason I, I, I bring him up, too, is because of the, his nickname Magic, that yeah. he just sort of gets it. And he realized early on, like he didn't even realize when he was growing up that that was something that was special because it came so naturally to him. So I'm just wondering, like how you when and how you realize that this is what you wanted to do. Well, I always wanted to be on Broadway. Um, and as far as being an associate choreographer, so I've always said in my life that like, I don't really want to be a choreographer. I've always kind of pushed that away. Cause I think of myself as a performer. Um, I always thought of my, myself as a performer and a number of things happened in my life that were like, it was like, I want to go in this door. And then like the other door opens, but mm -hmm. I want to go in this door. And then the other door opens. And so that happened with me with choreography a lot. Um, the first time it happened, I was, I think I was like 19 years old and I was returning to a summer camp to be a dance counselor where I had danced before. And I literally got to camp the first day and they were like, yeah, we overbooked the camp counselor, uh, the dance counselor. So we actually made a job for you. You're going to be the resident choreographer. And I was like, the resident choreographer. They're like, yeah, the musicals. And I was like, what? Like, I've never done a musical. I've never like, how would I do that? I don't even know what to do. Yeah. So I choreographed three musicals that summer and I loved it. Like I loved the collaborative process with the dancers and I was like, okay, but whatever. That's like no big deal. Like I'm not a choreographer. And then, um, <laughs> you know, some other things, happened and uh I mean I met Andy Blankenbuehler and on my very final audition for In the Heights it was me Rosie Fiedelman I think Carla was in the room and one other person and we were doing so he at the time during that audition he was working on the workshop of In the Heights they had just created the opening number and so he was like I'm gonna teach you guys this new thing like Andy loves to do like 14 combinations in the audition which we still do in a Hamilton audition by the way every time I'm like teaching the sixth combination I'm like I'm sorry this is what we do um <laughs> so Andy. yeah so it was like he's like before you go I just wanted to teach you this so he taught us the opening number we went like two by two by two and then it was Rosie and I going and he's like I'm gonna dance with you and he just like jumped in and danced with us and I don't know why but on the very last step when it goes when the lights go down I blast my rate like in that step yeah. there's like this little like step touch dot, dot, step touch thing and I just decided to like do it to the left and it was like as if somebody came in my body it didn't <laughs> feel like a mistake it felt like real and I just like went with it and that actual traffic pattern ended up surviving and it's in the final it was in the final Broadway show what? and I I think in that moment like he and I just like got each other we were like our like I get it like we passed each other we did a do, -si -do that we just made up on the spot and that's how the rest of our relationship has been it's yeah. just like I see what you want I see I see the picture and we just like create so I think that I didn't think I was going to choreograph and you know again it happened we were doing this show called Fly that we did down in Dallas and I was like Andy don't ask me to be the associate choreographer I want to dance <laughs> and so I was in the show as a dancer and three days into rehearsal um, one of the youngest cast members Kira who I absolutely love I love you Kira <laughs> um, she was moving a set piece that was like a raw wrought iron pole and it scraped all the skin down to the nerve off my foot and I was out for like what? until the first day of tech oh my and god and so Sasha Iman who's now on the Broadway show was our swing at the time and she oh. went in and swung and created my whole track and 
And so I had helped Andy to develop the piece. And then when I said I didn't want to do it, Ricky Tripp, who's also now on the Broadway show, mm-hmm. was the associate. But so then it ended up being me sitting on the side with Ricky and Andy, like helping create the pictures of the show. So like, right. again, here I am. I've just <laughs> finished creating, choreographing, bring it on with him. And I'm like, I want to dance. And then this happens. Um, and like, I have so many stories like that. It just is like, I, it, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like I get it. I get it. Like you're going to choreograph things. And, yeah. and so um, every once in a while, I try to like make myself happy and perform. Like I just played Vanessa at PCL last summer, which was so much fun doing in the Heights. Yeah. And that was like a blast. But I also like, I get it. Like my life is for choreographing and that's cool. Yeah. But you, <laughs> I mean, especially even with Hamilton, like you were doing both. I like was dragging my heels. He was like, I need to know what you want. Do you want to perform or do you want to do, do you want to choreograph? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think this is such a good opportunity to choreograph this. And like, I saw at the time, like I knew Hamilton was going to be, I didn't know it was going to be Hamilton. Right. But like, we all knew it was going to be important. And so, um, it just felt like, it felt like a bad decision for me not to take the job. Right. But basically like I, I, I to, like it was like six weeks before we were starting and I was like I was he's like I need to know what you want like we have to start planning the thing and and I was like well who's gonna be your associate if it's not me and he told me and I was like I can't I can't let that happen uh-huh. like it's got to be me right and so um <laughs> so we did it and here we are yeah well it worked out well for everybody I think <laughs> um will you take some questions from the patreon peeps oh my god yeah patreon they peeps. are so excited patreon peeps wonder powers activate <laughs> Perfect. If I were Shockwave, this would be much more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and Patreon peeps. Dear Alexander. I'm going to start with Joel's question because this just happened and we haven't talked about it yet. You choreographed the commercial in the Super Bowl that everyone <laughs> is talking about with the Giants and the Dirty Dancing. I sure did. So he is just saying, Giants, what's it like teaching football players how to dance? Such a well-known routine. That was awesome. You guys, go. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Like, uh, If you haven't watched it, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. Get it together. I'm impressed um, if you haven't watched it. It's, um, it's, it's been so everywhere. That's been Thank That's you. Like amazing. It's been such a whirlwind, though. I truly can't believe it. Like, I was making jokes that I went on like a, pre- a four day press tour after it because it was like everybody <laughs> wanted to talk about it the Times and the Post and the Daily News and the Entertainment Weekly and Variety it was like it is crazy yeah. first of all first things first Kenny Ortega's original choreography is amazing yep. and so I had such a blast recreating that obviously there was a lot of adaptation that went into it not just because they're football players but also because Odell had just injured his ankle uh-huh. and they're dancing on turf and cleats and so the a lot of the turning sequences were not able to be executed as quickly as Patrick Swayze right of course um but yeah it was so fun and you know what I kept saying like my jaw was on the floor the whole day because um I'm always impressed when I work with like an incredible performer and I'm like my god how do you do that like you just like you work with people sometimes and you just can't believe that they're so incredible and that's how it was working with Eli and Odell it was like the way that their brains were able to like pick up information they took a note and I never had to tell them again they just like executed that note again every single time and if they messed it up they knew it and then I could add layer on other things you know sometimes you work with performers or people and like they're super talented and then you give them a note in the audition they don't take it and you're like there are people who are going to take that note and like right excellent people so it was like for me 
an unbelievable experience and it felt like honestly like working with Broadway performers you're like you're so smart you're so you have such a physical intelligence yeah um and it was a blast I loved working with them and they were so and they just wanted it to be good you know because they don't want to go on the Super Bowl on a commercial and look bad so they're like Stephanie like help me what do I do (laughs) well I love that that they're so willing to learn and take the note and have a sense of humor about it oh yeah we were laughing between takes and it was like I mean they were very like we want to nail this but but also like Odell came in and he like nailed that lift like right away so we were like we were nervous that we weren't going to get it and his first one was great we took like three safeties to get them in the can but it was like he was amazing yeah the lift the lift the lift like capital (laughs) t capital l the lift Steph is asking how do you keep so much choreography in your head to be able to know it so well that you can teach any part to whichever actor needs to learn? That's a great question. (laughs) So when I was in college, I took um, organic chemistry and I remember thinking to myself, how could I possibly remember like these giant long cellular structures? (laughs) Like what kind of stupid memorization trick is this? This is so dumb. I hate this. And you know what? Like that's the same brain that I use for this job. And so like your memory is just a muscle. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been associate choreographing shows now for almost 10 years and it, it's a muscle that you just build up and, um, you know, people are always like, my God, how did you do that? And not that like, you shouldn't say like, wow, that's amazing, Stephanie. Right. But it's like, it doesn't feel so amazing to me. Like it just feels like, oh, I get it. It's something you can Um, do really well. Yeah, totally. And I just think it's from practice. So, um, you know, do your, do your your Sudoku puzzles and your things mm-hmm. that you do to make your memory totally. s- sort of function in that way. There's just so much and they're doing different things. And then especially like we were talking about before changing it for little yeah. things on different stages is just like, there's just so Yeah. You much. know how I always think of memory and I don't know, I don't know enough about other jobs to know if this is, um, you know, you can like juxtapose this sort of theory on other things, mm-hmm. but I always feel like I'm at the top of a mountain and then I follow like, one little waterway down and then that waterway separates into like little tributaries and so like I don't get confused because like the I I like every fork in that little river's road there's like an anchor there's like a memory and then that anchor sends me in that road and then like I don't mistake it for another road because like I'm on that road I don't know if that's like a visual I don't know how to describe it visually but in my brain it's like almost like a well of water the well of water splits and you never get confused like if you're on like the right side of the lake or the left because like you've just followed like 14 anchors to get to the right side and so I don't know if that's like a really weird non-linear way to describe it. No, that like, visual I don't work, get it works confused. for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, so when I'm there, I'm like, duh, like this is the answer. Because it, it's yeah. going to lead to. Right. But if you're, I guess, looking from the outside, you're like, how did you get there? Right. Right. But like I've, I've planted like all these anchors in my brain of everyone's part. So like, it's not really confusing anymore. Yeah. And is that when you're teaching people, do you say, do you tell them about those anchors for their, or is it just everyone has their own? Well, cause no one else needs anchors cause it's just their role. Right. Right. So like they don't necessarily need to use, so it's, so this is a funny thing I always find funny uh, actors probably don't think it's funny because I make fun of them for it but I'll be like you know like when you pass so and so like you pass woman two here and they're like I do and I'm like 
Yeah. They're like, no, I don't. I'm like, you do. She's right there to your right. And you know, it's Trust like, like in this. your brain, like for some reason, right? Like if in their track, let's say like she's to their right, but in their brain, the thing they always see every night is Angelica to their left. And I'm like, watch tonight, go do the show. Mm-hmm. Look to your right. Woman two is going to be there. And they're like, holy shit. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and Marcus Paul James, whom I love, tells this story all the time of when I put him, he was the first person we, he, we replaced Joshua Henry in, in the Heights on Broadway. He was our first person that we replaced. So Marcus was the first person to, to learn the show in its entirety from the beginning, like as a new role. And he jokes about when I was teaching him about Carnival, because there's like a lot of really crazy traffic patterns in Carnival. And I'd be like, you're going to pass woman one to your right. Then you're going to see Daniela. Then you're going to make a right turn. And Carla's going to be there. Just pass her and then go to Graffiti Pete. And he was like, <laughs> literally, he like tells the story of his first night on of like going. And he's like, woman one, Daniela, there's Carla. There's, and he's like, he's like, it was like magic. And they were all right there. <laughs> yeah, you were and right. so, yes. Yeah, so sometimes like I use those things, but for the most part for people it's like they see what they see and they they half the time don't see the things you know the anchors yeah yeah it's their own little yep like cheat sheet or whatever yep. just especially for swings when like yes they have to keep it in a way that's easier for them because they don't know if in the middle of the show they're gonna have to go on for that thing like just yeah. whatever works 100 percent. yeah Dania wants to know a little bit more about Katie's art project. <gasps> I love that you asked about it. Yeah. Oh my God, that's These so exciting. They're, they're legit. They're awesome. They are legit. Yeah. I love you guys. Um, okay, so Katie's Art Project is an organization that I started like seven years ago. So when I was in high school, my very best friend Katie um, was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, she fought an incredible fight and she ended up passing away when we were 19. And um, the one thing that I noticed about the experience of being in the hospital with her all the time is that there were a lot of volunteers that came in and it was almost like they got more out of the experience than the kids did. Because yeah. it was like, it almost felt like they were like checking something off their bucket list. Like I did volunteer work or, you know, like I did a good deed for the day or they'd come in and they'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you're so sick. But like these kids, you know, like for Katie, she was like, I'm a human being, I have a life, like just don't feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like let's do something. Like I don't have a, a, a lot of time left, so right. I don't want to sit here and sulk. Um, and so I always felt like creating a project that allowed kids to express themselves, to create relationships with people who weren't looking at them, like as if they were in a fishbowl would be really cool. (laughs) Um, and Luis Salgado, when we were in the Richard Rogers, seventh floor of the Richard Rogers that we liked affectionately called the gym, (laughs) he was like, you should start an organization. And so like, he kind of pushed me to do it. He had just started Revolution Latina and he was like, you can do this. And so I started this organization at the time we got it fiscally sponsored, which is a very long story for a whole other podcast, (laughs) but. But that basically is means, you know, that you can accept donations. And we started doing some programming. So we did like a little art gallery event. We did um, Broadway camp at, at Sunrise, which is this camp for kids with cancer and their siblings. And and then um, so we did like two years of programming. And then I got super busy with Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then I met this kid at the stage door of If Then. And his name is Brandon Schneider. No and way. he basically said to me, um, you know, uh, I really, you know, love what you do and I'm in school for performance and you know um, you know just stage door things that you say at the stage door he got in touch with me and he said I'm writing a paper for my class and people get in touch with me all the time I'm writing a paper blah 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 great perfect no problem he calls me up he writes this paper he asks me the most intelligent questions of any any person who's written a paper for a class on on things and then he showed me the paper and I was like this is a special kid so 
and again, time goes by. No big deal. He's still in school. And he, um, I'm in London casting the company of London over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. And I have like this night of like, okay, what do I want to co- get out of the next year? I'm like a big lister, vision boarder type of person. So I was like, what does this next year look like for me? And one of the biggest things was I think I have space on my plate to bring Katie's art project back. But if I'm going to bring it back, I need help. And I also in these vision boards like to like, like write a little line of like, who's going to help me do it? Like mm-hmm. if I was going to look for support, who would it be? And I wrote this random kid Brandon Schneider's name the next day kid you not the next freaking day this kid sends me an email he says I'm graduating in a few months and I know that I'm in performing arts but I'm also really interested in nonprofit arts admin no, come on swear to god and Brandon Schneider is sitting right now three feet away from me I was gonna say we and, Brandon come yes, say hi to the people yes, say, this is amazing hi everybody Woo! <laughs> I've been staring at you like with a big gigantic goofy smile on my face with my jaw on the ground this story is amazing yeah so Brandon Schneider is my assistant as well as my partner for Katie Katie's Art Project and um, he makes all the things happen and so Katie's Art Project last year we brought it back with a big old art project that he basically was the head producer on um we're doing it again this year and we're making it even bigger and better and he's taking the lead on that and um we've also for those of you that know if you ask the question you probably know that we released our first single on itunes Mm -hmm. and as well as getting the music video release and he's responsible for making sure that that song got i said brandon there's a i spoke to atlantic records there's a thing called TuneCore. you got to get the song out on TuneCore and then release and then he did everything else to get the song released so brandon is like my right arm it's slowly growing into my shoulder and he he jokes (laughs) because every time i explain him i say it's more and more so Brandon is 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 everything to me so not every stage door conversation is for not because this one turned into literally something I couldn't live without I know that's an absolutely amazing story yeah so the timing of that that email coming the next it's day like so I will, crazy like I will never get over I'll that. never that's get over crazy. it either so yeah so Katie's our project programming is growing and that's basically what we do we take artists who are professional artists Broadway performers you know artists that show their work in the MoMA and we connect them with kids and not just for like one meeting we connect them to create a relationship to create real art yeah for the purpose of creating a legacy both for the kid and their family as well as the artist because you know not every artist gets gets their work out and um just that one moment of connection where you get to really encapsulate a moment in time and, and someone's life becomes really absolutely um, uh, so important and so in- inspiring. Like this young girl, Addie, who's saying our, our song that we just got released, um, we ended up finding out that she actually passed away like before, right before we released the song. Oh and we got a call from her family, like basically saying like, thank you for this. And, um, and, and I know Brandon was in the room when they were recording the song. It was a magical day and it was so special. And, yeah. um, I'm just so grateful to Casey Jamerson who, who came in and, and of course this girl, Addie and her family. And so we're just looking to recreate that for as many families, uh, and kids facing, you know, life-threatening illnesses as we yeah. can. What's the website? katiesartproject.org. Perfect. Amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Claire wants to know, what's it like being one of the only female creatives from Heights to each new Hamilton company in the present day? That is such a good question, yeah. Claire. I wonder if that's Claire that I always see online, if that's the same Claire. Um, you'll tweet at me, Claire, if that's yeah. you. So um, I never actually believed in the inequality thing of women to men and oh it's a woman and it's a man's world and women in business and we don't and I was like whatever and (laughs) then I became the only woman negotiating 
a financial contract and uh, with a lot of men around. And I went, Oh, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm sure that, you know, I don't say that often and I don't say that because I still work with these people and I don't believe as though there was intentional maliciousness or anything. Like it's the producer's job to keep their costs down. Um, but the whole, the, the wage gap thing, like where you're like, I want to make this much. And then like, I would see a man walk in who's, brand new and not done anywhere near as much work as me and they're like okay you get what she gets and I'm like no that's not how it works like I'm 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 in charge of that person I'm I'm essentially that person's boss why would I make the same amount of money that's ridiculous and so um you know I've always I'll say this I've always been really well respected by Tommy and Lynn and Andy and Alex I've never once felt like you're not letting me use my voice But I also do think that like what it looks like when a man gets passionate and when a woman gets passionate is different. And I think um, that we're as a society getting more comfortable with what it looks like when a woman asserts herself. But I don't think we express the same comfort as we do when um, when a man says this is how it has to be. Mm -hmm. I get it. (laughs) I totally get it. But you're an inspiration to women everywhere. Just so. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah. and Claire also wants to say, and just tell her how much I appreciate her being an out, loud, vocal, amazing, visible, queer woman who is so talented and relentless. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Claire. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Sabrina says, this is the most important question. Talk to us about the routine that gets those killer curls. Inquiring, naturally curly-haired <laughs> minds want to know. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. You know, it's funny because I cut my hair for the very first time in my whole life. Like, two years ago, I just wanted to change, or a year ago, I think it was now. And I feel like I my curls are, like, mad at me. So um, thank you for commenting on the curls because they could use a little love. It's been a rough year for them. But um, so when we were doing in the heights uh tommy kale was going to the salon called we dod o-u-i-d-a-d and we basically got the entire salon on stage populated with we dod products 100 mm-hmm. i'm a we dod girl it's their products i my hair is if i stop using their products because i'm traveling and i didn't bring it with me my curls go away it's wow. we dod yes we dod all right all the way giving them go. all the credit <laughs> there you go Debbie wants to know your perspective of Tony Knight. How much redo of the choreo was needed to accommodate in a larger group? Because everyone was there. It was like every standby, every sweat, like everyone, right? Yes. So two things. One, Tommy was generous enough to speak with producers and get the producers to pay because you get paid for the Tony. So Mm -hmm. it's actually quite a bit of money out of the producer's pocket. So Tommy... Thanks, Tommy, for making sure that we all got to perform. Then I wasn't going to perform. Tommy's like, do you want to perform? I was like, yeah, of course I want to perform. So um, I spent about three hours figuring out me and Deanna Weiner, who, who, Weiner, she likes to be called. Sorry, I never say your last name. Sorry, Dee. We spent about five hours doing gun tracking. So we tracked what crate the guns had to be in who was going to grab them how they get passed off and we did it again and again and the cast kept getting so frustrated and so frustrated and so frustrated and gun tracking and gun tracking and andy didn't give a shit about gun tracking he's like who cares and i was like andy it's gonna matter because we're gonna do the turn and no one's gonna have a gun it freaking matters you gotta hold for the gun tracking so like it was like a whole thing and then as you know the terrible terrible catastrophe of the pulse shooting happened that Mm -hmm. morning and it was so crazy because when that happened we were like, it was such a reminder of what's actually important. And like, so, so much work went into that Tony day. But honestly, the 
every other memory other than what an incredible opportunity we had to be placed on a platform like what are the chances that we would have picked a number that had guns and mm-hmm. then be able to say at the Tonys as Hamilton by the way you have to do something and you know the unfortunate truth is that nothing really has changed yet and all these terrible shootings have happened last week um, but my only memory of the Tonys is how grateful we all felt in that moment to be as a unified whole group saying we are taking a strong stand and we are saying that these people's lives mattered and that put the gun down above all else. So, um, yeah. So every, every memory that I have is totally overridden by that awesome opportunity that we had. So there's a photo that is was shared in our Patreon Facebook group of a comment on your Instagram about somebody asking if there were differences in choreography between the shows. Oh my god, that's like hilarious! I remember that comment. And mm-hmm. you writing back with the <laughs> that ends with the hashtags super fan Easter egg hunt and yes. game on. So you saying that like I'm just gonna read it and then you can just Please. go in on it because the Patreon peeps are like dying over it. So you said as far as the audience is concerned, it's all the same. However, the Thane track may play Lee instead of Seabury, or we've simplified left leg or right leg discrepancies for swings. Biggest change is is the crossover in each company. In New York, it takes 45 seconds to get from stage right to stage left. In the UK, it takes about two minutes. So there was a lot of math involved in adjusting people's entrances and exits. Also, our job is to be sure you never notice. Yes. (laughs) So we did touch on this a little bit, but I mean, they they just absolutely are like dying about that. So I just wanted to let you know that that photo was floating around the group. And I guess, and Meredith is also asking like, are those changes based around the strengths and or weaknesses of people? Like what just want to look better so that we don't notice? That yeah, so totally. That's exactly what that's exactly what it's about. So, um, you know, John Rua and Seth Stewart and Ephraim Sykes um, and Thane Jasperson, um, they're such unique individuals in that they bring a certain set of strengths and we played on those strengths so uh, heavily yeah (laughs) um that they became impossible to sort of rehire right so to find someone like John Rua who freestyles and has such a raw hip-hop energy but also sings tenor and plays Charles Lee yeah that person does not many of those people exist um and so what we found to be the sort of most useful way and this was like a lot of email chains between Alex and Tommy and Andy and myself and we still argue about it in 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 London we had a big sit down over it and how we enumerate the the vocal score and so we finally landed on doing like tenor Barry soprano alto so that we would stop because Alex is like well they're my woman one I was like no but they're woman one here but they're and so it 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 ended up being like uh, a bit contentious and we all got to a place where we feel comfortable with it but it was it was really really hard and what we finally let go of was trying to make people fit into a mold and like allowing ourselves to say like you sing really well and you also feel like the bar wench so you're gonna be woman too and you're gonna sing low right right uh there's also like I said so every once in a while I leave Andy in a city and I got come home to like check on the Broadway company or to check on another company and he like adds choreography and then we have to like add it everywhere else <laughs> um remember 
I said earlier, I was like the stopgap and he just likes to add things. So when I'm not around, he knows no one's going to stop him. So he just like adds things. So (laughs) he decided in the UK, um, I flew home for a wedding and then he ended up adding about three counts of eight of choreography to say no to this, which I'm now traveling around the country putting into every other company. Um, so um, you will see little snippets of new things. Um, and there's also, um, you know, for example, um, I have to think of like what the easiest way to explain this, like right leg, left leg discrepancies. Like for example, un- uh, after uh, another immigrant coming up from the bottom, his enemies destroyed his rep, that section, uh-huh. the choreography in that section was just like haphazard. We were like, do this thing and you cross and you don't cross and you whatever. So I went back in and said, everybody cross with your left leg if you're going to this side and everyone cross with your right leg. So like, that's not a difference in choreography, but like if you really like, if John Rua came back and tried to do his track he'd be like you changed it right 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 you know yeah and so that's like stuff that I know and now all the universal swings know because in the Broadway company it's pretty much the original every once in a while I'll sneak in like a change in the Broadway company mm-hmm. but like you know there's original people there so they're like why are you changing me yeah um but so yeah so those are the easter eggs that you will find there and then like in London for example like at the end of right hand man when the three ladies ensemble ladies exit stage right and the three Skylar sisters exit stage left in London only two ensemble ladies exit stage right and four ladies Skylar Sisters plus one ensemble member exit stage left in order to avoid a crossover in the Philip company I maintained that change because the girl who plays woman four actually doesn't dance woman four in the in the helpless satisfied sometimes I call it the club because I'm so in the heights like to me that's the club today Uh in the audition I literally called Hamilton Usnavi and (laughs) My wires are crossing. If any of you who are really super fans know what my next project is, now you know why. And now it's being announced. So without press releasing, you know what my next project is. Look out for it. The press release coming out next week. Well, um, say what it is because this won't come out for a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, In the Heights. Perfect. Great. So I'm working. I'm directing choreographing In the Heights at Kennedy Center. Amazing. Um, like a sort of revamped new boot new version I'll mm-hmm. say that a, okay. a revamped version all right um so yeah so those are like the the easter eggs that if you're really like a fan like you'll go like oh my god why does woman four exit here <laughs> right and like I also did things like where I switched the location upstairs of woman one and woman five just because like I cut them one of them having to walk down the stairs right right so like that you'd have to really know your ish to be able to pick that up yeah I mean like Andy doesn't even notice <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's I just I can't even believe that you're you're able to tell it to me with such confidence of what it is because it's all so insane. Like when Eliza Oman was here, she was saying how like I think it was in Chicago or in San Francisco when they were there that like during Room Where It Happens, like woman yes. whatever changes in the middle of it to yes. a different track entirely. Yeah. So Why? It's to play to people's strengths. And it's funny because when we ended up switching, so what happens there is the girl who plays woman four ends up switching to the woman three spot. And in order to do that, we put the girl who plays woman two in the woman four spot. And it's along it's just because we couldn't get the girl all the way across the stage. Right. And it's funny because it created this little pattern that then Andy decided that he liked. So then we kept the pattern of the two women pointing during the Alexander Hamilton what did they say to you again we kept the pattern of the women there even though we didn't make that change anymore because he liked the way it looked with the two of them together so um yeah so Eliza Oman and Antoine know them better than anybody yeah um yeah so there's a lot of those oh my god that's just my head is 
totally spinning. <laughs> Dania is also asking, what is your favorite number to teach to the new cast members and what is the hardest number to teach? Um, so my favorite number to teach is Room Where It Happens mm-hmm. and it's because it's just so good. Like yeah. the song is so good. The dancing is so fun. Room Where It Happens is one of the only times where you feel like as a dancer you're getting to dance because interestingly enough, while there's so much dancing in the show, so much of it is about um, holding the tension and maintaining a focus that you don't ever actually get to just like release and let go. Yeah. Rumor happens lets that happen. And interestingly enough, the hardest thing to teach is Reynolds pamphlet because everybody sees the show and they go, oh, that's like, that's like freestyle. You could just like do whatever. But actually, if you do whatever in that number down to the way that they all bust out at the end when they're all dancing around, yeah. like if someone's four feet off, everyone's traffic pattern changes. And for the t- picking up of the pamphlets at the end, like not to spoiler alert, um, and that picking up of pamphlets has to go perfectly like it has to go like we have to end at burn with there no pamphlets on the stage and so that traffic is set and so what ends up happening is people see the show and they go oh that's just like everybody does whatever it, it is not everybody does whatever and it's so hard to memorize what that chaos is is because it's totally organized chaos yeah. and the chaos has to be exactly the same every single night or people will get injured or will end up with set pieces on the stage and there's a fire on stage and so on and so and forth yeah. you know yeah so yeah it's so crazy that you just said that because I know that there were no pamphlets on the stage but hearing you say that like of course they have to get picked up but it's so seamless yes. that I don't remember seeing people cleaning up the pamphlets like I totally. just I just know that we go from the crazy raucous Reynolds pamphlet yep. and now it's like oh remember Eliza like who this is really all about yep and it never occurred to me it's yeah. just like they're just gone isn't that crazy yes it's awesome they're just gone is magic and everybody <laughs> being so in exactly nuts. the right place at the right time <laughs> yeah and because like you can't control where a paper is gonna fall right like you just so we have our what we call who we call our finishers we have closers like the same way that you have in a baseball game uh-huh and so man two thane betsy woman two are our closers so they stay on stage later than everyone else and they check and make sure that there's no papers anywhere on stage and they exit last so yeah that's and amazing. one time in one company i won't call this person out but they missed a pamphlet and so i took the closer job away from them so in one company oh. it is not man too <laughs> I was like, you do not, you're not, you do not get to be the closer. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Know your shit, everybody. Pick up yeah. those pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephanie, thank you so much. I know you've had a long day of auditions and you're just traveling everywhere. Um, so thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you coming here Aww. and just being so thoughtful and great with all your answers and just like dealing with my no chill of what you do and how insane it is to me that I just can't believe it. So. Oh, you're awesome, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad I finally got on here. I know, me too. Um, tell the people where they can find you on social media so they can follow you and all that good stuff. So there's a DJ that stole my name from in uh, from Twitter. So just so you know, this is not my name on Twitter, but on Instagram, my name is Danceism. So D-A-N-C-E-I-S-M. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, I'm Steph underscore Clem. Great. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Patreon peeps, for your awesome questions. Yeah, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you guys so soon. Thank you so much. I am G.Pen. I'm S.Clem, or as they call me at Hamilton, Clem Dog Thousand Air.
support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Hamilcast. You can get access to the closed Facebook group where you can submit questions for upcoming guests, get behind the scenes access, live AMA videos, and other cool rewards. My gratitude for the Patreon peeps is through the roof and always will be. TheHamilcast.com is the home of all your podcast needs, including episodes, guest bios, and my Hamil reference-heavy and extensive notes on the Chernow chapters that I insist on calling chirpters. Sorry about that. You can listen to episodes anywhere you get your podcasts, but I'm just saying if you really loved it, you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, it couldn't be easier. At the Hamilcast on all the things. I'm at Jillian with a G on all social media, and you can check out The Residuals, my web series with Mike, you know Mike, at theresiduals.tv, and my true crime podcast with Patrick Hines of Theater People at truecrimeobsessed.com. Thank you again for listening to The Hamilcast. I'll talk to you in five seconds on Twitter. Twitter.